The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, well, he's feeling a little fuzzy lately. Welcome, Jacob. Yeah, it's just feeling like just that little fuzz behind your ears gets really annoying. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that big fucking tail. Oh my god, it's still there. <laughs> Other than that, I'm doing swell. <laughs> Why, thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who, uh... Just got excited because there's a kaiju in the movie. <laughs> and it's her mother. It's her mother. <laughs> Which I was not expecting. So, yeah, this is Drew. This you is- never said my name. That is true. That is Jake. That is Drew. <laughs> I would ask a trivia question, but I never posted it. Shame, shame. I don't know. That may be something I drop because as interesting as it is, I keep forgetting to do it. Mm. And some weeks it's hard to come up with trivia for this sort of thing. That is true. Honestly, I don't even remember if I asked a trivia question last week since we had some of those issues with Dila and her recording. Those I honestly don't remember. Today. So yeah, we just don't have a turning red one other than well, a simple one. Why did this movie not get released in theaters? We don't know! <laughs> Thanks, Disney. And or, COVID. Yeah. Disney and COVID. Mm-hmm. Yes, together that would be Dovid. Yeah, Dovid. I don't like that. No. Anyway, so uh, I'm kind of trying to kill time until the intro stops. Yeah. It's a long intro. Yeah. Well, usually we have some stuff to talk about here. How are you doing, by the way? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, work has been work. Uh, happy 4th of July. That was uh, yes. the day prior the day prior mm-hmm. to us recording. So happy 4th of July to all of our, our American friends. And we apologize for picking such a bad movie last week to celebrate. The Fourth of July with indeed, and we will try. We will try. We will do our our due diligence to do better next time. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, doing very well. Uh, it was it was a good weekend. Me and my girlfriend hung out and um, went to church. Worked. Um, just drew and watched television on Fourth of July. Being honest, mm-hmm. um, which is not a bad thing. Sometimes you just want to do things by yourself. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, and today, be like, I had a coworker who uh, passed out and bumped his head. Uh, there was an ambulance called, and uh, apparently he came back and got his got his vehicle. Don't know what happened. Uh, I'll probably figure out figure that out tomorrow. Well, considering the temperature today, yeah, I can kind of guess he may he, have got dehydrated, possibly if he wasn't drinking enough water. But yeah. anyway, yeah. So. Yeah, that's been my day in a nutshell. I got home, I started doing uh, notes for the podcast, and uh, got done in a fairly decent, barely decent hour. <laughs> yeah, this was an easy one to research compared to last week. True, but anyway, yeah, uh, we also did something with uh, retro rewind. I was going to bring that up here in a bit, but yeah, yeah. we are on one of their backup episodes yes. that will get played eventually. Eventually. After so, their other backup episode, he forgot he had recorded gets played, probably. But whoops, it'll happen. It'll happen. So, yeah, we'll post that when he shares it eventually. True. So, how are you doing, Drew? Oh, fair to Medlin. I had a nice restful weekend. Got a little bit of work done on our uh, 
on my uh, side project that's yeah. released to the RSS main RSS feed of uh, Untangling Kingdom Hearts, which for some reason I keep wanting to call Understanding Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> but that's not as creative a name as Untangling. So true, not going there, even though I accidentally did that when I first posted episode zero. Anyway, yeah, I, uh, I I did listen to I think like I think I listened to most of it. Mm-hmm. It sounded really really good. Yeah, I got I, it, all, all that episode zero though is just me introducing what the franchise is. Yeah. Uh, the next episode that's coming out, uh, well, as of this recording tomorrow, for everyone listening earlier this week, uh, <laughs> I'll be starting Unchained Key or Union Cross or whatever we're calling it this time <laughs> because it's got three different names for reasons yeah but introducing that i thought actually thought for that first one on that one i was gonna actually just do a scene but i got to realizing oh look i'm already at 15 minutes time to cut here (laughs) we'll get to the next one next time yeah so yeah i mean that's i'm enjoying doing that okay that was some fun uh but jacob i have a question for you sir what have you been watching Oh, okay. So, what have I been watching? Well, let me get the pull. The, Besides, the, uh, cartoon all stars to the rescue. Yes, yes, which is what we did for retro rewind. Yes, that was absolutely the funnest, one of the funnest episodes we've done with retro. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm looking forward to that one actually getting released. Yes, uh, that was an interesting story behind that. Okay, because it was all last minute. <laughs> it was an all last minute thing because me like, and Drew, like literally, I got off work, hadn't mm-hmm. checked my phone all day. Mm-hmm. I get out to the truck, I get it cranked, let the AC start coming in before mm. I try to bake myself in the truck. Yeah. I look down at my phone and I, and I see some I see a note from Paul or someone that they that their episode that they were going to record that night was postponed. Mm. I'm thinking, "Oh, that's a shame." So then I drove home. Yeah. Or I no, no, I drove to Tyler cuz I was hungry for chicken. Mm. <laughs> and I get parked and I looked down at my uh, phone again, you know, because I was going to get ready to find the book I was going to read while I was eating. Right. And uh, there was a link on Discord on our network, on, on our network's Discord private group mm-hmm. that said, uh, hey, we're, we're recording uh, a backup episode tonight. Who wants to jump in? And before I could ask, someone else had asked, well, what are y'all reviewing? And they said, cartoon all-stars to the rescue. Before I even talk to you, I said, uh-huh. I am there. <laughs> and then I t- and then a couple seconds later, I thought, I need to ask Jacob about this. Mm-hmm. Hey, like it artist, are you there? Are you are you up for this? And then I went about eating and reading a book, and right before I left the restaurant, I thought, I bet. Discord doesn't always uh, notify Jacob when he when, when people call him on stuff because he I, I know he doesn't use it that often, right? So I texted you and yes, said, "Check Discord." Yeah, because so going back on my and be like, I'm getting off work, and I noticed Discord said something, but I didn't understand what it was because it didn't have the full context. And then I get yours says, uh, "You know, check Discord," and I read it and I was like, "You're kidding me." Because actually a couple of months prior, almost like Providence, we talked about doing it. We actually talked about it at one point and uh, we'll have to do it at some point for our own pickup episode, which at some point me and you do need to get together and record another batch of backup episodes because we have a grand total of one loony virus left. Yeah. I want to fill those up. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, well, this, this was a blast and a half to do. 
uh, definitely get to you know hang out again with Francisco and Paul, Paul. J- you know PaulJPowers.com, who is currently in our chat room. Hey, Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Um, but yeah, that was a blast and have to re- to do. And I think that was the first time I had actually seen it. Definitely since 1990. Yeah, maybe period because I vaguely remember parts of this because. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of a fever dream, especially when you're five. Uh, yeah, when it would have come out for us. Agreed. For Agreed. Uh, but I, that is a trip and a half. That thing is. It is completely agreed. Uh, on Saturday, me and my girlfriend hung out, and uh, of all movies, we watched uh, Independence Day. Makes from, sense. Ni- from 1995. You're only two days out from Independence Day. That is true. It was a great weekend. That is so true. Um, hold on. Give me a second. Who's the uh, director of that film? Roland uh, Emmerich. Roland Emmerich, master the, master the, of disaster movies. <laughs> the 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 great Roland Emmerich, famous for such cinematic masterpieces as 2012, Oof. The Day After Tomorrow, Oof. and of course the 98 Godzilla Oof. movie. Roar! That's a lot of fish. <laughs> that is a lot of fish. I have fond memories of that Godzilla movie. It's a fun movie, but it's like, okay, yeah, this has issues. <laughs> but I've seen Godzilla movies from Toho that had worse issues. So, <laughs> all right. So, let's see. Uh, I watched a little bit of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man on Disney+. Mm-hmm. Plus. That's always fun. Yes. Because it takes more of the, the again, ultimate universe version of spider-man mm-hmm. it literally just cranks up how spider-man would talk to people right as this quirky like um what what, what is what is the word was uh snarky snarky that's the word i'm looking for snarky sassy <laughs> snarky sassy whatever sarcastic yes all good words all good adjectives i can get out of the source and see how many other s words mean the same thing <laughs> Uh, so while I was doing, while I was doing my notes, while I was doing my notes, uh, I had this itch and I was like, wait a minute, be like, I haven't seen this in a while. So I pull up Hulu, the Hulu app and I watched the original Thundercats. Okay. Yeah. So be like, yeah, I've, I've watched, I think most of to, I think season two, I think, mm-hmm. but it's still good to watch. And sometimes I'm more like, Bill, I'm watching this and it's Okay. Lion-O becomes the Lord of the Thundercats by proxy, pretty much. <laughs> right. And uh, he he grows into a man, but he still has a child's mentality. And the entire time, everyone's just giving him free reign to do whatever he wants. And he gets in trouble, and he can't defend himself worth a darn. Mm-hmm. And he has to call the other Thundercats to bail him out every single time. I remember, like, up to season two, they were still doing it. I was like, is Lion-O ever going to do anything by himself? <laughs> All I remember about the original Thundercats, because I was a little old, or I was a little young for that show when it was out. Right. By the time I would have gotten old enough, it was not on anymore. Right. So the only time I actually saw Thundercats was when it was on Cartoon Network in like the late 90s in the Toonami block, before yeah. they filled it with anime. Right. And uh, I just remember there was an episode I caught, like I happened to turn it on while the show was on, mm-hmm. and lion is talking to some future woman. I don't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. It says, I really like this new technology you have. What is it called again? Soap. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the, uh, the police, the, uh, intergalactic police, uh, enforcer. Yeah. It's like, 
the Thundercats don't have soap? <laughs> this raises questions I don't really want answers to. That is like, so... how do they clean themselves? Do they clean themselves like cats, cats? do? Ugh. And thank you for never animating that. Oh my gosh, that that would have been kind of nightmarish. <laughs> yes, say that. Yes. Oh my gosh. But anyway, yeah. It's like yeah. Uh, last week's episode was interesting. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very interesting. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Deedlet. Ah. Okay, so I stumbled because Facebook is great for finding things. Yeah. Uh, so I found this podcast called uh, Truth Over Tribe, mm-hmm. and it's it's two uh, two pastors talking theology or Christian theology, and it's just very well done. The one I listened to, it was about uh, politics and like taking a side and you know politically and making that more of the 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 point of you know a message or something like that, rather than you know speaking what the what the truth of the the what the text is trying to tell you you know context is everything mm-hmm. and uh i found i found it very interesting definitely when you you go into politics you go into there again we're not going to go into politics in this show right uh it's just it's it's a very interesting podcast i would highly recommend it if uh you're interested in uh understanding more about theology and i just found it, it was like wow this is really good i thought i re- thought i would recommend it okay other than that uh youtube like just watching YouTube and I just be like, I, I, there again, I get into a lot of like history podcasts and history, this and history, that and history, this, whatever. But other than that, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Had to go, had to pay my, my rent. Well, yes, that, that's always first fun. of the month. Yeah, exactly. So what have you been watching, listening to, or playing? Well, Outside of Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. Yes. And then uh Brain just farted. Mm. Uh it's never good. Never nah. good. Uh I actually finished a f- one of the longest games I've ever played in my life. Really? Uh according to how long to beat dot com Mm -hmm. the game is 143 hours whoa i beat it in 122 whoa because i was playing on easy mode whoa specifically the easiest mode wow so uh, and there are still some tough parts in there just because of the way the mechanics of those things are built in but i beat persona 5 royal and i didn't just beat it i platinumed it wow congratulations which, for those who don't know, on PlayStation, when you get all the little trophies they hand you, they give you another trophy that's the platinum level trophy. So, yeah, I pulled that off. Wow. It's taken me two years. Wow. To pull that off. So, yeah. Congrats. There is that. Uh, other than that, I've been watching YouTube channels. Nice. Uh, a little bit of Retro's uh, Saturday Adventures Saturday. Um, you know, just a little bitty things here and there. Yeah. Keep me busy. Good. Nothing too. I mean, admittedly, now that I've got the secondary project, I've got even a little bit less time now, but, uh, along with actually watching the cutscenes for kingdom hearts union cross on my phone, 
yeah. for that. I am also watching uh, Play Frames Let's Play of Union Cross when the game was still live. Nice. Because I realized two episodes into uh, recording for the gameplay that I was missing a lot of context. Gotcha. Uh, to the point where I wondered, am I watching the, is the list I'm going off of, of these cutscene orders being wrong? Or did they leave some stuff out? And yeah, they left some stuff out. Most hmm. is like, here's why what's going on on the screen is happening. Huh. Which is like, I kind, that's kind of the information I need to know at this point. Mm-hmm. Why did you make this hard to understand, Square Enix? But anyway, right. Um, so yeah, now I'm watching two things because I've got to keep up with both because nice. I'm going to be reviewing going forward. I, I'm going to say, here's what the, where the game tells you. And then here's what you missed <laughs> kind oh, of a thing. Gotcha. It's going to be kind of silly, but that's how I'm doing that. And uh, other than that, I've mostly just been, like I said, I've mostly just been watching YouTube. Okay. I have gotten into playing City Skylines, which might be a mistake. City, city, City's Skyline. Skyline. That's not a really weird when I first tried to say it. Yeah. It, basically, it's like Sim City on steroids. Oh, okay. In terms of what all you can do with it. Gotcha. So, yeah, that take up more time than I expected it to. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, only other thing I can think of I've watched is... Uh, uh, Ms. Marvel last hmm. week. That got really interesting now that they're in Pakistan. Oh, really? Yeah. That was interesting. I still have no idea half the cultural references. And now I understand less because they're in Pakistan and not in Jersey City. Hmm. But that can happen. It is what it is. Exactly. Uh, other than that, I think that's about it. Are you ready to jump into our next section? Yes. The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Dila. And going into the news, Disney Plus released their first image for their new series, Zootopia Plus, coming out November 9th, 2022. So we've already reviewed Zootopia. Zootopia, yes. Zootopia. And me personally, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of detail on it. I know there's, it's it's a series. I don't know if it's going to be a, a, a segment of shorts or anything. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know, like, I think some of the original cast has come back. Right. As far as I understand. And... I love Zootopia. I thought Zootopia was very well done. It was very poignant the time it came out. Mm -hmm. And I still don't think people got the message. But um, I think when it came out, people saw something that was probably not intended, but happened to line up with current events at the time. Right. And uh, they didn't think to watch it for the movie that it actually was. Right. But anyway. Yeah. Either or. Uh, So, yes, it'll be coming out fairly shortly. In a couple of months, so... But yeah, but the name Zootopia Plus seems kind of awkward. Yeah, it's a little odd. Because, I mean, it feels like it's pulling off of Disney Plus. Right. Which, 
okay, that like, that's a good Disney Plus is a good name for a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Zootopia Plus. I mean, what's this going to be? Like every episode is like a show in the city that we're streaming while we're streaming. I have no Zootopia idea. Plus. Oh my gosh. Uh, what what? I would just like more explanations to what the kind of show is because to me, kind of what I would have wanted was an actual buddy cop show with, um, I can't remember her name, the rabbit. Oh, um, between her and Nick. Yeah. I want buddy cop show with them going through Zootopia. That would, be Oh, I would agree. I would agree with you. That's the show I want for that. June, June. Yeah. I want June and Nick to have a buddy cop show in that city. That would be fun. That would be fun. But I don't think that's what we're getting. Ah, who knows? Who knows? But we will find out November 9th in this year. Mm -hmm. All right. So going to other bit of news, uh, universal and illuminations minions, the rise of Gru, uh, provided a, to be a big triumph to the box office with a four day opening record, of $121.1 million. The movie has the best ever Friday uh, Friday opening for Illumination film with with a forty eight point one million dollar total, as well as the best premiere premiere night since the pandemic with a with a one uh, ten point eight million dollars on Tuesday. Now going into a movie that is going direct to video. And uh, I think this is a first for um, Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, Superman, Batman, Battle Battle of the Super Sons, which we have um, did a preview on uh, our Facebook page. So uh, this will be their first ever full CG, full length uh, movie that will be available on Warner Brothers Home Entertainment on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray combo pack and on blu-ray starting on october 18th so if you're one of these big they love the um dc animated movie universe Mm -hmm. be like yeah they'll probably go jump on this in a heartbeat right and i know we've done uh batman long halloween i know that yes we did both part one and part two of that yeah we did which is good it was good we did that with dallas over at uh geek Geek devotions thank you so go check that episode out or episodes out. And then the one that got me when mm-hmm. you, you mentioned it, I think last, last week, I think. Okay. Something about uh, a, hum- a human typhoon. Oh yeah. <laughs> Trigun. Yeah. Trigun. <laughs> I forgot about Trigun. <laughs> I mentioned it, but apparently it didn't make the news rounds until this week. Yes, I literally I think I saw on recording day. Yes. And that's why I mentioned it. Yes. All right. So Trigon is finally coming back with a new animated series over two decades later, over two decades or uh, over two decades. And yeah, now I've got the theme in my head. Original, the original creator behind the series is sh- is shitting, uh, is sharing their their hype on the upcoming Trigon stampede with a, with the original animated series featuring bringing the manga to life in their own way. There has been a huge mystery as to what to expect in the, this all this new fully CG animated animated series to take the franchise from, uh, to take on the franchise from studio orange 
the production studio behind such as D-Star and the Land of Lushra and more, fans, fans are in anticipation during Anime Expo over the over the holiday weekend to get uh, get some critical new detail about the new developing process. This was on uh, comicbooks.com. I was trying to time it with the end. <laughs> you did pretty good. Yes. Uh, all I'm saying is if when they do the English dub for it, if you don't get Johnny Young Bosch to yes. be, uh, bash the stampede, I it won't be as good. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, honest, honestly, when I watch, I, I will watch the subtitle version at that point. Yeah. So when, uh, but honestly, I, I want the whole original English class to come back because the, they're all good in yeah, that show. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. The, uh, when I, the, the first time I saw anything on this was actually on Johnny Mombasa's, I think it's his, his, our, uh, I think his Twitter feed. He showed like a mm-hmm. clip from it. I was like, Oh, I've got to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I still need to watch it. I hadn't. I still haven't watched the trailer yet. I know there's there's some people that are like, it's like, oh, it's not like the original. Well, the the original was made in nineteen, you know, like the like the mid animation 19- styles have changed since quite then. a bit. Yeah, unless you want them to trace the old artwork, which I know some people probably would. Uh, probably. I mean, let's face it. The show, as great as it was, was like the the animation on most of the talking was very limited yeah agreed. far more limited than most shows of its era yeah it was it, it, it's almost end of a not not the movie end of evangelion yeah. but the last couple episodes of ending end of a you know what i mean yes the end of evangelion i don't mean the movie i mean the last couple episodes of evangelion where it's oh like okay yeah yeah, yeah long yeah. panning of people's faces as they talk because yeah. we literally have run out of money yeah <laughs> and we're just trying to get it done yeah that's true but it's um, not quite that bad, but no. there's a couple times where it's like, uh, we've been on this shot a while and not much has happened. <laughs> it was the nineties. Let's and, say and that. Then, <laughs> and then three minutes later, boom, a giant train, the size of, of a rock Mesa slammed into a cliffside. It's one we've been on this whole time. Or Vash the stampede is doing. Literally anything at this point, because that always took a lot of animation. True, it was Vash. Yes, but uh, yes, we are getting Trigun Trigun back. I know there's probably some people out there as what's Trigun. Uh, it's 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 an amazing show. I think it's on Netflix right now. I think so. It is a space western. Yeah, space western. Unlike Cowboy Bebop, which was also a space western. Yeah, this is more like a western space show. Because technically, it does take place on another planet. Right. There is kind of like steampunk type technology, mm-hmm. but it's also sci science fiction kind of sci. What was that called? A steam, not steampunk, cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. It's actually, even closer to cyberpunk, but on a world that looks like you know old west. Right. Like sometimes ridiculously so old west. The only reason you know at first it's in the future is because the currency is now the double dollar mm-hmm. instead of the dollar. Right. Which, when you think about it, doesn't make any sense at all. Right. <laughs> but you go with it. Right. So if you are interested in watching the original Trigun, you can go to Netflix. If you are subscribed to Netflix, go over there and just give it a shot. Yes. I do want to point out, you mentioned uh, Minions of the Rise of Gru mm-hmm. earlier. I want to point out that the reason we did not do a reaction to that is because we still haven't gone through the rest of the 
Despicable Me slash Minions movies, but we are working on getting through those. And mm-hmm. so we will eventually cover this movie once we get caught up on that franchise. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. So that's all I have been in news, unless you have something else. I can't think of anything. So we need to jump into the spoiler free section mm-hmm. of our review for uh, Turning Red. Red. I nearly said Rapunzel's Tangled Adventures. Oh, we're not there yet. Nope. <laughs> Certified fresh and spoiler free. So, this was my first viewing. Same. Um, I honestly had no idea what I was getting into when it was uh, when the movie was coming on because literally all I knew of was the trailer. Mm-hmm. So all I knew was she, for some reason, turns into a pan- giant red panda. Mm-hmm. She's in. Lo- she has a crush on a boy band from the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. And she, when she turns into the panda, it's at the worst possible times. Oh, yeah. Also, she has friends that beatbox. That's all I knew. Because <laughs> literally, that was the only trailers we saw mm. for weeks that is true. for this thing. Um, so I honestly, I didn't know what the crux of the story was. I kind of knew that's like, okay, she's she's going to turn into this panda and she's got to deal with it. I, I didn't realize there was going to be such a heavy emphasis on the mother-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. Which was nice. Kind of like um, uh, Brave. Yes. Very similar to Brave. Uh, but for what the movie was, I actually en- I did enjoy it. It's got a bit of an anime influence. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, even though this is Chinese, mostly not Japanese. Yeah. In Canada. Can- yeah. Canadian Chinese. So it's even weirder. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was an enjoyable movie. Uh, I... St- to some degree, question why Pixar did not put this out in theaters. I'm wondering if they were a little gun shy uh, about or, getting it out there, or maybe could they, be their mother, their their big distributing arm. I'm which trying is to be Disney. I'm thinking they're the ones actually who were gun shy. Pixar, I think, wanted to get it out there. Yeah, but Pixar, I think, had been gun shy because the last movie they released in theaters was uh ray and the last dragon no that was disney oh pixar pixar that was uh, uh luca no no luca didn't go to theaters that's, either that's right soul didn't go to theaters no it was the dungeons and dragon one that is currently escaping my brain oh uh, onward onward and is an onward released at the most unfortunate time in history yeah right at the beginning of the pandemic literally a week before we knew it was going to hit that is true. So it did not get the greatest box office. And I personally think Disney misread the reasoning why, though mm-hmm. how you could is beyond me. True. And maybe it did not. And I think I think maybe it didn't sell well on the straight to video stuff that they were doing around that time. Mostly because I think uh, people were focused on other things at that point. And so the mo- any movie releasing at that time had to have done poorly no matter how you counted it agree because the the first move movie we know that did good on that system was trolls Two world tour yeah i believe and that was a good month or so after the worst of the yeah lockdown the, hit the, the hit happened yeah yeah so uh, i i personally think and i could be wrong on this this is all theory i have no proof on any of this i think the reason that soul uh luca and turning red Mm -hmm. these three movies in a row 
I think it had the pandemic happened, they would have gone to theaters, no question. But because one movie did less than they would have liked, yeah, less than projected, they were a little hesitant at the very least with Luca first. Yeah, Soul it was like right there at the end, and they were still not releasing anything in theaters. Mm-hmm. So I give Soul a pass. Okay, I have other problems with Soul, but the reason it didn't go to theaters, I give it a pass. Okay, Luca was right about the time it should have because Ryan the Last Dragon came out like a month before that. Yeah, and went to theaters. It went straight to theaters along with doing the was uh, the premium thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they called that because thankfully they don't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, Luca, I think, would have been a bad one to go jump back into theaters for because it's a much more laid back kind of film. Yeah. Turning Red really should have because it is, I personally believe it's a much better return to Pixar form yeah. than Lightyear is. I can see How's that. How's that for a hot take? Yeah, I agree. Because as much as we enjoyed Lightyear, mm-hmm. I think the reason they thought it would do better was because it was Buzz Lightyear and yeah. connected to Toy Story while Turning Red may have, they may have thought was a bigger uh, risk. Yeah. And probably in reality, it was a bigger risk technically, but True. Lightyear is so different from the rest of Toy Story. It's just as big a risk in my opinion. Mm. And no amount of brand recognition was gonna, would help that. And honestly, I think Turning Red would have been the better option and actually probably would have helped Lightyear get a better boost because people would have felt better about going to a Pixar film in theaters again That's after Turning Red would have done, I think, fairly well. Agreed. Because it would, I think it would have done as well as Frozen did. Okay. So we'll, we'll get into that in the... In, but that's in just an stuff. opinion. Yeah, agreed. Uh, okay. So, yes, yeah, so this is... Are you, are you finished? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, good. Uh, I didn't want to cut you off in any fashion fair, or form. That's fair. So, uh, there again, this is my first viewing of this film. Uh, I have a physical copy of it from a Disney movie called. I've got a physical copy of it somewhere, but <laughs> I watched it on Disney Plus because uh, that was faster to get through. So, uh, there again, we we had this big build up to where it was going to. Uh, there was the rumor that it was going to go to go to theater and go to theater, and well, then it literally, got. Literally, they were dragging their heels until like what a month or two before. Yeah. And then they said, okay, yeah, this is, we, we don't, we don't feel it's right. It's going straight to Disney plus. Yeah. Cause I remember one time we went to go see a movie and you know, there's the, tr- there's yeah, the they showed the trailer for turning red. There's I think, the poster. I think when we went to see Ryan, the last dragon, yeah. they showed a trailer for turning red. Yeah, they did. And it's like coming to theaters. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. And it's like, oh, Disney's being a pansies again. Okay. <laughs> It's like, come on, Disney. <laughs> yeah. Um, so be like, yeah, this being my first time watching it, uh, I had some be like, I was like, wow, the animation looks really good in this film. I was looking forward to it and actually getting to actually sit down and watch this film for the first mm-hmm. time. Uh, cause I, I'm, I can't remember what we, we, we were going to do a reaction to it, but it just, it did, it fell through. The Encanto one was backed up for so long. Yeah. That when we started talking about doing a reaction to Turning Red, yeah, the weekend kind of snuck up on us. That is true. And then we went two weekends, and then I said, "Look, I think we've missed our reaction window." I think so. Because right. I think, well, as good as the Encanto episode was, I think we missed it by a long shot. Yeah, and I didn't want to hit that again. Understood. So, um, 
yeah, that's why we didn't do it there. And you agreed and said, yeah. okay, we'll just put it on the review. Yeah. And then literally we were making up the review schedule and you put it right smack there. And I said, okay, that works for me. Yeah. That'll work. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. There, there's a lot of this movie. It's like, okay, they do tackle some issues here and there that are interesting. I, I thought it was very, yeah. it was, it wasn't the, it was like, okay, you know, X, Y, Z, they do this. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't you know. Like, this is really cool. The way they would do cultural things and, yes. you know, things that people go through. Uh, I thought it was very, very bold of them to do that. Cause I want to, I want to say bold, but I would say very almost encouraging, almost mm-hmm. encouraging to do certain things like that, to kind of push the envelope in a way, in a yeah. way. But, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, there again, like watching this movie, there's a certain scene there. I'm like, oh my gosh, Drew's going to have a cow over this. He's, he's going to flip. And then towards the end of the film, like, oh my gosh, Drew is going to flip his ever living mind out of this scene. <laughs> but we will get there when we get there. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I have, I, I like this movie. It's very well done. Mm-hmm. And I, it did go to theaters in some places. Not all places. Not anywhere near here. Nope. Or we would have gone seen it. Exactly. Because that was before a lot of the uh, short events were hitting the theaters around here. Mm-hmm. For reasons unknown to us. Very true. But anyway. All right. So. Are you ready to jump into the spoiler-filled section? Exactly. All right. Well, Diva, give us an ad read and we'll bump into this. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Josh Adams, Ashley Cronin Bitter. To get your name on the show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, their podcast, Com Talk, another podcast where they talk about bad movies called Bottom Shelf, and another podcast where they read books, allegedly. Uh, and they and there are written articles, all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. Find all their content at geekdevotions.com. This show is a part of Pop Americana. For more great shows like this one, please check the link in the episode description. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, (laughs) who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Turning Red. Listener discretion is advised. Turning Red was written and directed by Domi Shi, who also wrote and directed the short Bao. Oh my gosh, Bao. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting short, but it it's is a good short. It's freaky as all out. Especially there near the end when she eats him. Yeah. 
It makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, it was also written by Julia Cho and Sarah Stryker. Mm-hmm. Cast includes Rosalie Chiang as Mei Lin. And in a TV show called Click Wars, she played the character Ashley. Mm. Sandra Oh was the voice of her mother, Ming. Mm. And she was Verana in Raya and the Last Dragon. Ah. Ava Morse was the voice of Miriam. And she played a character named Ava in Ron's Gone Wrong, which we need to watch oh, okay, at some yeah. point. Some point. Hyan Park was the voice of Abby, but she is most of the time a storyboard artist, which she did on Soul and Toy Story 4. Oh, okay. This next name, I know I'm saying this now, considering I've already passed some harder names to pronounce, but I will apologize for this one if I do mispronounce it, because it appears to be mostly consonants. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Matrei Ramakirshnan was the voice of Priya, and in My Little Pony Tell Your Tale, she played Zip Storm. Okay. I know nothing about this before you ask. Okay, got it. I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> Orion Lee was the voice of Jin, and in something called First Cow, he played King Lu. Why <laughs> Ching Ho played Grandma, and she was Madame Zhao in Daredevil. Hmm. Tristan Alaric Chen played Chen. Uh, in this, and he was in WandaVision, specifically the episode All New Halloween Spectac- Spooktacular, yeah. as one of the kids in the commercial for that episode. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Lori Tan Chin. Wait, did I say that uh, Tristan was played Chin in this? He didn't. He played Tyler. Yeah, he played Tyler. I had the I wrote the name Chin twice for some reason. Mm. Sorry. Lori Tan Chin played Auntie Chin. There's a lot of Chins. This is my problem. Mm. Uh, And in Orange is the New Black, she played Mei Chang. Mia Tagano played Lily. And her only other credit was in Law and Order Criminal Intent where she played CSU Tech Number 2. Whatever that means. Uh, Sherry Cola was the voice of Helen, and uh, in the video game NBA 2K18, she he uh, they played a character named B Fresh, literally the letter B and the word fresh. fresh. Ah, gotcha. Uh, Lillian Lim played Auntie Ping, and in something called Meditation Park, she played Anita. Hmm. James Hong was the voice of Mister Gao Zhao. And uh, he is in—he is Mr. Ping in Kung Fu Panda, a.k.a. Poe's dad. Oh, okay. But do you remember when uh, a friend of ours, uh, Chase, had us watch Big Trouble in Little China? Oh, yeah. He's the voice of Lopan. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. <laughs> I wanted to make sure you caught that. Guy. Yes. Yeah, he can play a villain pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Fisher played Robert of the band Four Town. Oh, okay. and he played. Okay, I'm going to ask you this because I know you watched all these shows in the WB Flash show. Yeah, there was a character named Bart Allen who was Impulse. Uh that's later on of the series. I remember there's yeah. Well, he played him. Okay. Uh, Phineas O'Connell played Jesse of Four Town. 
And he played a character named Tom in something called Confessions of a Teenage Jesus Jerk. I will admit, sometimes I pick names, titles of stuff to cover because of the strange title I see. Yeah. But that was kind of weird. It's like, Interesting. Jesus Jerk. I think I've known those people. Yeah. <laughs> and as a Christian, I love them as much as any, I love any other Christian brother and pray for them often to realize how they're being. But anyway, uh, Topher Ngo was the voice of Aaron T of Four Town. And this was his first role. Uh, Josh Levi was Aaron Z of Four Town. And he was Drake in the, I think it's a Nickelodeon TV show called The Thundermans. Hmm. Grayson Villanueva played Tay Young of Four Town. And he played an acapella singer in something called Call Me Cat. Wow. Sasha Royce played Mr. Kislowski. That must have been one of her teachers. Hmm. And uh, in The Day After Tomorrow, he played Parker. Oh, okay. Addison Chandler played Devin, and he apparently played a badger in the television show We Bear Bears. Badger, badger. And uh, Lily San Filippo played Stacy Frick, and she was uh, Gwen Stacy in Spider Man and His Amazing Friends, the more recent show. Oh, okay. Gotcha. The one that's kind of got the overly exaggerated character models with the really big heads. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, getting into our Kingdom Hearts connections, because yes, I did find some. Uh, Ira Nemirovsky was additional voices here and additional voices in Kingdom Hearts 3. And that was the only direct Kingdom Hearts reference I got. Yeah. But of course, Smash Brothers is a kingdom hearts game at now of course by our by the logic of tetsuya namura since he did claim that he had to think about how to make sora's inclusion in smash brothers work within the kingdom hearts franchise mm. i find this hilarious uh but anyway david hater who was additional voices here okay is more commonly known as the voice of solid snake from metal gear solid who he voiced in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Really? Yes. Huh. Also from uh, Metal Gear Solid, Kim, my guest, was additional voices here, but in both Metal Gear Solid and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, yeah. she played the character of Mei Ling, one of Snake's uh, support, uh, support crew, whatever you Got call it. those. The people. He calls on the codec. Hmm. And that's pretty much what she does in Smash Brothers also. But anyway, and that's the end of my Kingdom Hearts connections. What do we got in info and stuff? All right, info and stuff. On I on IMDB, it is a 7.7 out of 10. It's available on Disney Plus if you subscribe to Disney Plus. It was produced it was produced by I'm gonna get this right the first time. Walt Disney Animation and Pixar Animated Studios, distributed by Walt Disney Studio Motion Pictures. Release uh, was released on March 11, 2022. Uh, going into the box office on Disney Plus, on Disney Plus. Uh, and this is where it gets a little interesting. Uh, it had a budget of 175 million dollars. Mm -hmm. So, going into it, actually had a, at a uh, box office release as of June, as of June 26, 2022. Turning Red has earned this is just sad. <laughs> 
it's what happens when you have this limited release agreed 18.7 million dollars outside the united states to canada it earned 3.3.8 million dollars from 12 international markets on its opening weekend Mm. so going into its digital release uh according to uh saba tv turning red was streamed in 2.2.5 million u.s households over its opening weekend the most ever for a disney original title disney plus original title which i wouldn't say it was original disney plus title it was originally supposed to go in theaters yeah uh according to nasdaq Turning Red was the most watched program across all streaming platforms in the United States with a 1.1.7 billion minutes viewed for the week of March 7th through the 13th of 2022. It continued to hold the top position during March 14th through the 20th of the same year with 1.675 1.675 billion minutes. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a lot of streaming hours. But yeah, it streamed very well. It didn't get a whole lot of recognition in the theaters. Right. So yeah, I remember it made a fairly big splash on the internet yeah. when it came out because there were actually people who complained about this film. Yeah. For some reason, Be- because it talked about a, <laughs> it, t- it, it talked, talked about, about girls. It talked about puberty. I was just going to say it talked about girls and what they go through. Right. Admittedly, I can't think of any other kids movie that has actually done that. Even no. as a joke. Yeah. I think that was very, that was a good movie. I mean, like, I thought it was very, I thought it was very, they thought she became a woman. Instead, she became a panda. Yeah. <laughs> literally, though, the beast within. Yeah, literally. That could get me in trouble. <laughs> Tame your tongue, son. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready for me to jump into the summary on yes, this? Yes, jump into the summary. Jump all in right, it. All right. In 2002, Toronto, 13-year-old Maylin May Lee, who lives with her parents, Ming and Jin, helps take care of the family's temple dedicated to their ancestor, Sun Yi, and works to make Ming proud. She hides her personal interests from Ming, such as the fact that she and her three best friends, Miriam Mendelssohn, Priya Mangle, and Abby Park, are fans of the boy band Fortown. One night, when Ming, who is strictly overprotective, discovers May's crush on Devon, the local convenience store clerk, she inadvertently humiliates May in public. Which I'm just going to say, when I was watching She's that, great. I, as exaggerated as they showed that, because mm-hmm. it was a bit exaggerated. Just a little even, bit. Because you, you're seeing it from her, her point of view. Mm-hmm. I thought, this has got to be a dream sequence. Yeah. This has got to be like her worst nightmare, and this isn't actually happening. No, it happened in the context of the story. Which was good, actually. But anyway. Later, May has a vivid nightmare involving red pandas. When she wakes up that morning... She has transformed into a large red panda. She hides from her parents and discovers that she transforms only when she is in a state of high emotion, though her hair remains red, causing her to go to school in a beanie. 
Ming initially believes May is experiencing her first period, but learns the truth when she gets into an argument with the school security guard, causing May to transform and run home in panic. Ming and Jin explain that Sun Yi had granted the transformation to protect her two daughters, and every female family member since then has also transformed when they came of age. This has become inconvenient and dangerous in modern times, so the red panda spirit must be sealed in a talisman by a ritual on the night of the red moon. The next being in a month's time. May's friends discover her transformation, but taking a liking to it, and May finds that concentrating on them helps control the red panda within her. Ming allows May to resume her normal life, but refuses to let May attend Four Towns' upcoming concert. Instead, the girls secretly raise money for the tickets at school, exploiting the popularity of May's red panda form while lying to Ming. To cover the last ticket, May agrees to attend school bully Tyler Naguyan Baker's birthday party as the red panda. At the party, May is upset to discover that the concert will be held on her ritual night instead of the following night, like Abby said earlier, due to an misunderstanding in the midst of her rage she attacks tyler when he insults her family frightening the other kids ming discovers may's activities and accuses her friends of corrupting and taking advantage of her afraid to stand up to her mother while ashamed may fails to come to her friend's defense may's grandmother Wu, her aunts her cousins and their neighbor mr chow come to assist in her, in her ritual to ming's dismay as may prepares herself Jin finds videos she took of as uh, Jin finds videos she took of herself as the red panda with her friends and tells her she should not be ashamed of the sight of her but to embrace it. During the ritual as May's red panda form is about to be sealed, she decides to keep her powers and abandons the ritual to attend the concert at the Sky Dome where she reconciles with her friends. They discover that Tyler is also a four town fan. However, an enraged me transforms into a 100-foot red panda due to May inadvertently breaking her talisman during her escape from the temple and disrupts the concert, intending to tame May back by force. May and Ming argue about May's independence as they quarrel. May accidentally knocks her mother unconscious. Wu, the ants, and the cousins break their talismans to use their red panda forms to help drag Ming into a new ritual circle. May's friends and Fortown join in singing to complete the ritual, sending May, Ming, and the other women to the astral plane. May reconciles with Ming and helps her mend her bond with Wu, whom Ming accidentally scarred in anger at some point before sealing her red panda form years prior. As a result, couldn't move past her guilt. The other women conceal their red pandas and new talismans while May decides to keep hers, with Ming accepting that she is finding her own path. Later, as the Lee family raises money to repair the damage caused at the Sky Dome, May and Ming's relationship has improved as May bounces her temple duties, where her red panda is now an attraction, with spending time with her friends, now including Tyler. Because of course. Of course. Getting into the trivia for this. The number four, as seen in the band Four Town, right, uh, is considered unlucky in Chinese culture. I heard about that. As it sounds similar to the word for death in both Mandarin and Cantonese. Wow, okay. Yeah. And there are that part. The family's nickname for Maylin, Mei Mei, is Mandarin for little sister. Hmm. The temple was inspired by the Bok Kai Temple, a historical landmark in Marysville, California, that was built by the local Chinese community in 1880. A special thanks is made for them in the credits. Ming was originally planned to have been incredibly happy that May turned into a red panda due to it being a good luck charm for the temple and would have planned to monetize May's red panda form for profit. 
This direction for Ming was scrapped due to Domi Shi, the director, feeling it made her too much of a one-note villain. Hmm. I like to point out that's what she is at the end of this film, but they're on better terms. Yeah. But anyway, as explained in various interviews, director Domi Shi took inspiration from four Japanese anime regarding the film's creation, namely Fruits Basket from 2001, Ranma One Half from 1989, Sailor Moon from 1992, and Inuyasha from 2000. The first two in particular share themes of adolescence and transformations and wacky situations with the film. Ah. A lunar eclipse actually did occur on May 26, 2002, one day after the events of the film's climax. However, it was not easily visible from the Toronto area. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. The first Pixar movie, this is the first Pixar movie where an on-screen character breaks the fourth wall to narrate. <laughs> I love that. And last but not least, the sad one. This is Pixar's third feature film after soul in 2020 luca in 2021 not to feature a voice vocal performance from john ratzenberger sad 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 pixar what are we gonna do with you and i believe Lightyear was number four on that list Mm. i miss john ratzenberger in pixar films maybe he is getting a bit old to do that anymore unfortunately but i like me some cliff clavin yeah true but anyway yeah jacob what is your first like for this film my first like of this very furry film (laughs) oh my gosh and this this was the one that just that got me and i kept thinking of my good friend it's a kaiju movie (laughs) (laughs) oh correction it's a kaiju panda movie It is a kaiju film. Yes, it to is. To some degree. Some degree. Well, more accurately, it has a... Well, no, no, it is a kaiju film. Yes, it is. Because no matter how you count it, even uh, May in her normal red panda form, which is not as big as yeah. Ming is in her red panda form... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> ...is still technically a kaiju. <laughs> Very true. And all of the ants and the grandmother are all and they, kaijus. And we get the... Yeah, it was... I did like that. Yeah continue oh it was just like i didn't want to step on your tail no no yeah yeah because that would just hurt yeah um so just like i i enjoyed that aspect because it was like because watching the first time when she when uh may may you know gets angry and turns into the red panda and she's so embarrassed she just has to run home and she's going over the like destroying everything I'm like oh my gosh she's a tiny kaiju <laughs> Well, I, I, I remembered one of the other trivia things that for some yeah. reason I didn't put on there. Mm-hmm. Apparently when they were first trying to describe this film to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to start advertising it. Yeah. They described her as the incredible Hulk, but furrier. Yeah. <laughs> and cuter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Panda smash. Boom. <laughs> you won't like her when she's angry. <laughs> Except she's so fluffy. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> To quote another movie yes excellent 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 good point uh yeah these these points where um maybe transforms into the red panda and when we we hear the conversation with her father mm-hmm. and describing to maybe it's like i'll be like oh your mother was like her form was pretty big like yeah. big and, and you're sitting there going well how big was it this- was she just like bigger than maybe like was she like 15 feet 20 feet, feet. 
more like more like a hundred feet. <laughs> so when, when she when she finally gets angry enough, her talisman breaks, and it's like, oh crap, this definitely turned kaiju. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like I, I love that aspect because they they took something that be like you all like you primarily see in you know japanese films now mm-hmm. of the kai of the kaiju well, or start, animes or whatever we are really starting to see kaiju of the we are getting american made kaiju films yeah, now pacific at least rim. with the monster verse and yeah. pacific rim yeah so yeah i just thought it was a very interesting aspect definitely when we get to uh maybe's mother who is just massive and destroys <laughs> destroys the stadium yeah and I thought that was very, it was very unique. It was so well done. And it was just, it was, oh my gosh. And the fact that May May decided to keep her panda, and I'll get into that later, mm-hmm. but it was just so, it was like, oh wow, that's a different direction. I, I didn't expect them to go the whole, you know, little, the, the kaiju wrote with this. And I was yeah. like, just, wow. There was nothing really pointing to that even being a focus yeah you know it's just that okay she turns into a giant red panda she's a monster except not no she's a human she's been cursed by i the only thing i assume from a, like uh, a western idea is like got possessed by a demon <laughs> except she didn't no she didn't she was still in control of herself in fact she was probably more real after the panda transformation than before because Agreed. she literally lost control of herself yeah i guess more like like in like an ancient spirit or something like you would call maybe it. maybe maybe because that's the way they kind of like describe it as kind of like a spirit yeah it's it's a little weird it's odd yeah but it's 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 understanding a different culture and um but overall be like just the, the idea that you had you know furry kaijus <laughs> was hilarious to me and i thought it was a great idea to do this in this film mm-hmm. so yeah, that's my number one what's yours i'm gonna jump off yours and say it's a kaiju film thank you <laughs> i knew it would be your for your number one uh the thing is about this as a kaiju film it is not a godzilla style kaiju film because while there is a giant monster at the end of this mm-hmm. that does have to be stopped and it does destroy an important landmark of that area area in this case the the toronto sky dome uh it's not the focus uh agreed we don't even have a clue that there is even a hundred foot red panda coming no until it happens which technically i guess works but i mean what we we did in a certain way when the conversation between maybe and her father yeah it's like oh she's just big (laughs) and the fact that uh uh, Ming's mother, May's grandmother, does have a pretty big scar on her yeah. face, which they never actually say is from. Yeah, but it's implied. Ming, but it's very heavily implied that it yes. is. And from Ming's point of view, I understand why she wanted that sealed. Mm. But for all of the rest of them, mm-hmm. I, especially, uh, I don't quite understand why they. I get, I get, yeah, I get that it's inconvenient in the modern time to be able to turn into a giant red panda. Yeah, but the question I still have is, how long have they been turned? As I mean, we know how long they've been turning, but how long has yeah. it been an inconvenience? 
obviously when they were still in China, it was fine. Yeah. But when they came to America, uh, the North American continent, because exactly how they got, how Ming's family got to Toronto is not exactly gone into. We just, because we know her, uh, grandmother is down in Florida. Mm -hmm. So they're Canadian. She's American. Anyway. Right. Um, It is a fun, we do get a lot of good destruction and got a lot of good fights. And admittedly, I only know of maybe one or two other kaiju that have fur on them. And one of them is King Kong. Wow. Wait. Oh yeah. King Kong does have fur. Yeah. King Kong does have fur, but he's like the kaiju that's been grafted into the kaiju fandom solely because he fought godzilla twice true originally just once but that was changed recently and then there's another one in uh one of the other showa era godzilla movies i can't remember which one i think it's uh godzilla versus megalon Mm. but there's a king caesar in that one that is actually a cat kaiju really or lion kaiju technically got it that uh came up of course that one's just fun because jet jaguar but anyway <laughs> that was, um but yeah this is definitely a kaiju film it's you got a lot of that nice fun and admittedly i was not seeing it as a kaiju film yeah until the hundred foot panda raised what became you know visible raises big because years. the rest of the time i was just looking at like okay she happens to turn into a uh, a monster. That's te- well, that's kaiju by the actual definition of kaiju, and not dai kaiju, which is really what ka- uh, Godzilla and all of them are. Yeah, uh, but we don't use the term dai kaiju because no one knows that word mm. over here. So, what does dai kaiju mean? Big monster, big monster, or big mysterious creature. Because kaiju means mysterious creature. Yeah, dai kaiju is great mysterious creature. Wow. So, yeah, but kaiju is just the only term that's used worldwide for the whole thing. I gotcha. Um, technically, there's also kaijin, hmm. which is mysterious person. Oh, okay. It's literally that uh, an example of that might be Dracula or uh, Frankenstein would technically be maybe kaijin. Okay. But they don't actually look well, except there was a Frankenstein monster in some over there. But anyway, hmm. <laughs> that's all beside the point yeah uh but yeah it, i i was not really looking at it like that i was actually kind of looking at it more like the incredible hulk <laughs> i got you. more than that which then now raises the question is the incredible hulk a kaiju i know who to ask <laughs> i would be nate marchand of the monster island film uh, Vault because okay. he knows superheroes too ah but anyway yeah, what do you think, Nate? Uh, what is your second like? My second like, actually, I titled it. It's uh, "Unleash the Inner Panda." <laughs> not in the way of uh, not like Dallas, not like Dallas, and not like a certain character voiced by Jack Black. <laughs> I mean Poe. Yeah, Poe. <laughs> Skadoosh. Yeah. Either or, I I, I, I I found this quote during my research, and I thought it was very well. It's actually a paraphrase from uh, Sigmund, Roy, Sigmund Freud. Mm. And uh, sometimes a red panda is just a red panda. That's not what he said. I know that. I know that. It's, it's, that, that is a paraphrase of is, that famous That's line. what I just said. It's a paraphrase. 
because um, he was talking about cigars. Yes. I didn't and know the that. less we get into that, the better. <laughs> but you onwards with your point. Thank you. Uh, this is actually a quote from Michael O'Sullivan uh, from the Washington Post. He's paraphrasing uh, uh, Sigmund Freud. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a panda is just a panda. Sometimes it's a metaphor for something an inner spark of creativity, a flame of, of originality that is to be cherished and not extinguished. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the idea that once uh, Maymay learns that be like this big family secret that like, oh, all the women in my family line be like turned into big pandas or red pandas. Yeah. And be like, have you seen a, a red actual red panda? I've seen pictures of red pandas. They yeah. look like raccoons. Yeah. They're just fact, little... they're similar to tanukis. Yeah. Which I'd... are panda dogs. Panda dogs. Yeah. I thought there was be like also either. known as raccoons. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think they're all connected. Is all I'm saying. Somewhat, but either or. Uh, I, I like the idea. It's like when she become when she realizes she embraces the panda or embraces the red panda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find it's where it's she's been. She she has to hold hold these these family traditions, family values, or under this very strict. Uh, discipline of her mother. Now, I know a certain uh, podcaster would not like this film because it's uh, disobedient children. Disobedient children. But she does face consequences, which he's fine, which saves that a little bit. Yeah, agreed. Uh, of course, the consequences being chased by a giant hundred foot red panda that happens to be her mother. mother. <laughs> but <laughs> among it's, other problems that right. arise. But it's it's embracing the weird embracing the 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 oddity of like being very nerdy or something like that mm-hmm. and just like embracing that and and not being uh not being ashamed of the the creativity you can be and the the because a lot with our world it's just be like oh embrace this embrace this embrace this embrace this be like to me it's like you embrace the the inner nerd you are what yeah. you love to do and just embrace that. Embrace that. And just um because you never know, because the idea that maybe God placed that that inner desire to be creative or something like that, that you can reach people with that with the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I would I was be like, it's just sometimes with me, sometimes I really don't want to be a nerd. Because there again, I've been described as nerd nerd light by family members. Let's say that. Yes. And I I was about to say, I was sitting here and going. You're nerd-ish, but I wouldn't say you're full-on nerd. Yeah, I'm nerd-ish, nerd-light. Yeah. But, so sometimes I kind of struggle with that because I just want to be the normal person. Kind of like maybe she just wants to be normal. She wants to be like everybody else. But once she realizes, be like, oh, this real, this red panda is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And everybody seems to like it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like embracing that the ability you have rather than what the world tells you, or maybe your feelings are telling you because your feelings are very fickle and they have a tendency of changing. But overall it's embracing the inner, the, the inner creativity, embracing the, the, um, the, the joy you have for doing something and not being ashamed of, uh, that creativity or the, 
uh, all that other good stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I found that aspect of this film very well done. Um, so yeah, I thought I'll just bring that up. Okay. That's my number two. What's your number two? Uh, my second like is the relationship between May and her father. Oh, okay. That's not the one you think I'm going to go with, is it? Yeah. Because here's the thing, especially Jen himself, mm-hmm. not just the relationship, but let's look at Jen. Yeah. You realize how brave this man is? That is true. He saw Ming at her worst. Yeah. He saw her as a hundred foot tall kaiju panda. Yeah. Saw her attack her mother to save him, admittedly, Mm -hmm. or to attack, to get him to back off of her. Yeah. And even though she went through with the ceremony, he knew at any time if that little talisman she had broke, the red panda was coming back. Yeah. Oh, maybe he didn't know that because they never talked. The idea that it could be broken hadn't come up to like, you see the cracks at that point. I was like, Oh crap, this is not good. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, you're the fact that he, you can tell he loves Ming. That's not, that's oh, not yeah. beat around the bush. Yeah. He is in love with her and does not care that she can turn into a hundred foot tall. Right. Panda monster among all her other, let's say harsh qualities. Yes. Cause she is a pain in some of these scenes. Agree. She's very much of a tiger mom. Yes. The phrase was she is. That's not a bad thing. It's just, you kind of want to say, Hey, back off a little bit. You're, you're, you're actually, you're you're putting more stress on your daughter than you realize. Yeah, but also you she, think that's generational too. That is generational because she went through the same thing with her mother. Yes. So you'd think she would have got it. Nope. But no, because from your experience, from your side of things, you're being a lot nicer than your mother was. Mm. And probably she actually was. Mm-hmm. But um I I did like how it's very obvious that they're related. May and Ming are related is painfully obvious. Yes. Because they're almost the same character, but with a generational difference. And it's very obvious once you get to that other scene. But that's on a different like than not dislike. Right. But the fact that, you know, Jin feels, you know, all this love for his wife mm-hmm. is definitely on, you know, wanting to support her and wanting to support his daughter. Yeah. Which puts him in an awkward position throughout yeah. most of this film to where, like, 75% of his lines in the film are, uh, <laughs> it's like, I don't really know how to answer here because this is, I'm in the middle and I can't, yeah. I, I, I need, I want to make pace, but I don't know how. Right. So when I, I thought that was just going to be the running gags, like, okay, he doesn't really have any lines. Mm. He's in the background. He's not going to be able to do much. Yeah. So that when he actually, you know, is down in the basement, finds the tape, the, the, the camera mm-hmm. and watches, you know, the video of may and her friends singing and dancing along, transforming into the red panda back and forth, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then goes up and actually says, Hey, I understand what you're going through. Uh, even if you go through with this ceremony, don't, lo- don't lose this part of you because you seem happier here mm-hmm. than you seem up. Then, than when, then otherwise. Yeah. He's like, because uh, he's he's being supportive of both of them. Yeah. The problem is they're both hard headed 
I wouldn't know anything about this. Uh, no. <laughs> they're both very hard-headed, and they both want what they want, and that's why they're butting heads. Mm-hmm. Or paws, as mm-hmm. the case may be. Case may be. Mm-hmm. But uh, I appreciated his character because it's like he is just like the normal human who got wrapped up into this thing. Mm-hmm. He wasn't scared away when he saw Ming transform the first time. Mm-hmm. He was well aware that his daughter was going to do the same thing mm-hmm. one day. Yeah. To the point where it's he who actually spills the bean. Oh, it's like, oh, it uh, happened. What happened? It's like, uh, uh oh, it happened already. It's like, and, and you just see the look on Ming's face. It's like, you had to you say had, it. I was getting to that because, you know, five seconds later and we knew it was coming. Uh-huh. She's breaking up. She goes, wait a minute. What did you say? You knew about this. You knew I was going to turn into a giant panda. You didn't tell me. You didn't tell me about this. Well, I thought I had more time. Well, you didn't. <laughs> the fur popped out. Yes. <laughs> you should have recognized it was more than just puberty which actually does make me wonder if it's connected to puberty actually but besides the point yeah it's puberty that's how it's supposed to represent anyway but anyway i i love the the, how supportive jen is both to mei ling uh mei and ming yeah and house and uh even though he doesn't get to do a whole lot in this movie outside mm-hmm. of be supportive. Right. He still actually has a very powerful role in the film. Agreed. Completely agreed. Cause he could very easily have just been the running gag. Yeah. Agreed. Of the troublemaker or the guy trying to make peace and having no idea how. Yeah. I, I, I to kind of put, you know, bounce off your idea. The, the idea that the father went like watching this film, like he doesn't really do a whole lot through the, like the first act. I'm like, oh, this is like the the submittive uh, husband who yeah. doesn't be like he's a yes ma'am, yes ma'am. Yeah. Doesn't really how to uh, you to some degree. He felt like the, the, that joke of the the kid who's trying to ask the father to do something, and he's just reading the paper the whole time. And after the person, the, the kid says, "Well, the one he says, go ask your mother without actually paying attention." That's yeah. kind of what he looks like, except that he's actually walk looking around and watching everything. Yeah, he just doesn't know how to actually answer any of these questions because a lot of stuff is happening mm-hmm. pretty fast and he's not really equipped to handle any of it. I would agree. And also with your point, be like, he's a very supportive father mm-hmm. and he's a very supportive husband that be like, he, he knows yeah, he, uh, he was caught in the middle between the two. Yeah. He couldn't do much about it. Exactly. So I just, I, I, I found that very appealing as a character. So yeah. All right. So my third, like is actually the character expressions. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Be like I've the 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 way the 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 way they designed the character expressions are so be like there again has huge anime influence on this. Oh yes, oh yeah, because like you have like Mei it's just like every expression is huge and loud, and the whole bit it's like it's to the entire screen or the point where. Uh, uh, maybe as the red panda goes by the uh, it goes by the gar- the uh, the uh, the 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 little uh, grocery shop. Oh, okay, and she goes by as the panda. She sees the guy, and she goes, you know, this is nah, this is like great. Well, like, she, she starts doing the the thumper. 
Yeah, the thumper, stumper, yeah. stomp. It's like, oh, wow, she really does like, like this yeah, boy. But <laughs> overall, be like, ev- like every time you have a character expression, because it's me, like the transformation is based off emotion. And so, like, anytime she gets mad or sad or, like, you know, gets, like, any kind of, a, like, deep emotion, she can transform into the panda. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for the, the, uh, the uh, support she has for her friends that kind of helps her calm down a little bit. Right. But just the, the, the amount of expressions that you have on May May, you have on like every other character is so like overexpressed and it's so, um, colorful, lively. And it's just, it like brings a different element to the movie where like you could, I would use the example of, uh, Luca, Mm-hmm. Luca, Luca does some very, be like very generic, very generic, uh, common uh, expressions. Mm-hmm. Where here in Turning Red, it is just blown out of proportion. It's done very well. It's over exaggerated uh, facial expressions, mm-hmm. which make the character come more alive. It's like when Manny gets mad, be like her eyes are, you know, biggest saucers. Yeah, and it's just so well done and. Like you find that in a lot of anime, a lot of ma- a manga, and I just be like, I find that very nice because I like to draw characters with very big expressions sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, I just really enjoy that. I was like, wow, they they really cranked a lot of this up in this movie, and it's very well done. I really enjoyed it. So that's my number three. All right, my third like is actually the relationship with between May and Ming. Oh, okay. Because here's the thing, I, like I talked about earlier, you can tell they are mother and daughter, and it is painfully oh, yeah. obvious by more than just a genetics. Yeah, because they are the same in temperament and personality. Mm-hmm. It is their way or the highway. Mm-hmm. And when you get two people who are like that, let's just say the sparks fly, and they turn into giant pandas, uh, right? <laughs> One of them being a hundred foot tall, but that's beside the point. Um, You could, you, it's, it's weird in how I I watch this and I kind of am reminded of a goofy movie Ah. in a way. Really? Yeah. Because think about it. They are a, in this case, it's a mother and a daughter instead of a father and son. Right. But while they're not going on a road trip, uh, they are going on a journey of sorts that ends in a concert True. in which they, went, they crash it pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and by the end of the story, they come to terms with the fact that, you know, May is growing and Ming still just wants to be a part of her daughter's life. Right. It's not the exact same story, but it follows a lot of similar themes of that story. And I, I, I like how. The characters are, you know, they, I like how you can tell they both love each other. Yeah. But they're not really good at expressing that love. Understood. Um, and so, yeah, I, that, that's part of the reason I actually do like the characters of, I know I'm not going into this as much as Jen, because I really have Mm. not much to jump off this. It's not obvious. Right. But yeah, Ming and May's relationship where you can tell they're both trying to do the right thing Mm -hmm. and love each other and still get their way all at once. (laughs) Uh, I I appreciated that. You could tell that they are, they, 
I, I just thought, I appreciated the way that that was the relationship was set up. I gotcha. Which now brings us to our dislikes. Agreed. What's your first? My first is like now. Granted, this is an extreme nitpick, and it's very early in the film. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think it's like it's one or two scenes where it's maybe in another character, and it has to do with the their eyes float a little bit within within the frame of the uh, the eye socket. Because you you can clearly, very clearly, and finally see it, where a character moves, but like obviously the eyes don't move in the frame, but they do move. Yes, you you can see where, like maybe the the rigging wasn't exactly you know clamped down mm-hmm. to use the lack of a term, but you have this where maybe moves and her eyes slightly shift, where they're not supposed to shift. <laughs> so there again, this is an extreme nitpick. Um, there again, when you're a reviewer, you do these things. And, uh, I saw that and I was like, that was interesting. I I guarantee an animator made a mistake there. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, you have like one or two frames or one or two moments in the movie very early on. They obviously corrected it later on where characters eyes seem to shift a little. I'm not talking naturally shift, but Mm -hmm. the, the, the framing of the eyes go out of frame for like fractions of seconds. So it's just one of those observations that I had and just like, thought I would bring it up. Okay. What is your number one? Your number one dislike. my first dislike. Our first is like, yes, is so much of this movie would have been fixed. And I recognize this is part of the plot. And so I shouldn't rest really shouldn't be part of the dislike, Mm -hmm. but so much of this film could have been fixed had Ming and May just talk to each other like normal people. Mm. Now, granted, I understand how hard that is because May does not want to displease her mother. Yeah. To the point where she almost lives a double life. Yeah. Between school and home. Mm -hmm. I get that. But so much of the problem here is that May isn't listening to Ming. Mm. Ming is not listening to May. Yeah. They both have their best ideas of what they think is right. Mm-hmm. Granted, as the mother, that should have went out because she is the parent and wants what's best for her daughter. Right. And let's face it, what's best for her daughter is not sneaking out to a birthday party to sell her transformation abilities mm-hmm. as uh as to get money to go to a concert she technically right. also isn't allowed to go to. Yeah. And what's also not good is deciding, oh, I I do actually want to keep the transformation, but instead of just, you know, sitting down and talking about it and having a decent conversation with the family, I'm going to run away to the concert because I'm angry. Yeah. And I want to go to the concert because I miss my friends. Mm -hmm. Granted, if May had also talked up, her friends wouldn't be angry at her either. True. So much of this is the fact that for most of this film, Ming doesn't listen to her, her daughter mm-hmm. and May doesn't have the courage to speak up True, because the few times it does happen, it doesn't go well. True. And there's a part, part of me that's like, it's like saying, Jen, you should speak up for both of them. <laughs> You're supposed to be the support and you don't even know how to help these two people. Mm-hmm. When it's all like, you just need to say, okay, ladies, we need to talk about this calmly. We need to have a family meeting. <laughs> Can, 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 can you see that happening? 
All you see Dave. is like they both turned the pandas. <laughs> well, Ming wouldn't have because hers was still in the talisman. True. May would have been having a May May had learned mm-hmm. how to keep the panda in control, which was thinking about her friends, mm-hmm. which she lied about to her mother. mother. Yeah. It's like May quit lying. This is what's digging you deeper into this hole. True. And the f- admittedly, uh, no, that's a different dislike, but we'll get right, back to that. Right. Admittedly, a lot of my dislikes are not with the storytelling or the animation. It's, and it's probably things that would actually detract from the movie had right. they actually been done differently. But it's like, this is the problems I have with it because this is the problems I'm supposed to be having with it. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. What's your second dislike? My second, uh, second dislike. Oh my gosh. So I actually had to think about this one for a little bit. So you, you have may or may may be like, so she's using her, her transformation in order to gain money or earn or raise money in order to go to this concert. And I kind of, I agree with the mother to the fact to be like, wait a minute, you're spending $200 to go to a concert. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of nuts. But at the same time, be like, that's it's, how much they cost. Yeah, which is nuts. Even then, that's how much they cost. Yeah, this is two thousand two. Yeah, it's like, how popular are these characters? <laughs> They're essentially in sync. Or Backstreet Boys, or, or Backstreet Boys, or something to that effect. Right. I, did you see that set? Yeah, that was they huge. had cages that they somehow busted out of with anime boy powers. Yeah, that obviously it had to be faked because they are supposed to be just normal humans. Right. They had they were taught they, they were hung up from wires from the sky dome ceiling. Right. Didn't make any sense because it should have been from the set. But yeah, whatever. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like. If they could have afforded an LED wall or if they if LED walls existed back then, yeah. they'd have had it probably. But at this point, it's just no. They have. They, they I, I see why it costs two hundred dollars. There was that much production value put into it because they could make that kind of money. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But that was beside the point because this was more of a nitpick, and I, I don't know if it's. I think it's appropriate, but at the same time, it's kind of odd. Let me the, ask you a dumb question. What's this? How much did you pay for that uh, Garth Brooks concert you went to recently? Ninety four dollars a ticket. Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. all together. Never mind. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, but you know, you brought it up anyway. Um, my my point is is I, I, go ahead. If we're all being honest, anything over fifty dollars is too expensive for me. I got it. I totally get it. Um, but my my point is, be like May May uses her her ability lying to her mother the entire time about this and like selling selling be like i I kind of view it as kind of like a self-exploitation in a way that she uses her abilities which she's been strictly told don't overuse it because you'll lose control of it right which technically was a lie which technically is a lie you know by all technical accounts is a lie to that yes uh the idea of be like you're selling yourself are selling your panda form in order to raise money to go to a concert that is already extremely expensive. Um, Which but, she got into for free. Yeah, she literally... That's another thing. 
actually, no, she didn't get into it for free because even that came with consequences due to her mother destroying the stadium and now they have to pay to rebuild it, which makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. I guess it's the only way they can get away with not having the, not have, not uh, putting Ming in prison. That is true. Which technically she should have been arrested for. Because you can't, she's not Godzilla. You don't, she's not a wild animal. She was a thinking person. Agreed. So, yes, uh, May lied to her mother and basically self-exploitation mm-hmm. in order to raise money for these tickets for her and her friends to go them and go drool over some boys for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was just more like me. It was and, the, and probably that did not include a, uh, a, a an autograph right. or a backstage pass or yeah. a meet the character meet the meet the band thing yeah that was just to sit in the orchestra yeah to sit in the sit in the audience and here's here's another thing so which honestly two hundred dollars for orchestra seats that i can actually say yeah if she'd been up in the nosebleed section right and was still paying two hundred dollars yeah in 2002 that would be ridiculous yeah be like and also being someone who just recently bought tickets for like a big name concert be like it was eighty four dollars for the ticket. Mm-hmm. That's not including uh like parking fee, fees, parking fees, uh stadium stadium fees, the whole bit. Yeah. So you're looking at something that's beyond like they would have to made a lot more money to actually make it. So technically they were actually short. And unless, they, they unless the price that they quoted was the total price they needed to pay. Right. Right, but Which either would be or. simpler for the story. That is true, but my main point is the self exploitation of of her panda form in order to raise money for this. There's a bigger issue than just her self exploitation. What's that? How does this blessing slash curse actually work? Because here's the thing: yeah, you turn into the panda when you've experienced a strong emotion. Mm-hmm. Okay, that part makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you, they say, uh, Ming says, the more you use the panda form, the harder the ritual is right. to uh, actually perform. Mm-hmm. Now, technically, she was correct. Yeah. Which is, I've heard, is the best kind of correct. Mm. But here's the thing. The reason it was easier for um the reason, it's, the reason it was it was, May did not go through it wasn't because she couldn't go through that. She could have given up and she nearly did mm-hmm. give up her panda form. Yeah. But she decided to keep it because she actually liked her panda form. She yeah. liked that part of herself. Yeah. Ming, her mother and her, and uh, her aunt, her sisters mm-hmm. didn't like their panda forms because it was inconvenient for their lives at yeah, the time true for their panda forms to actually be used yeah which then makes me wonder did ming have the whole story mm. ming admittedly had the worst panda of all of them because yeah. she turned into a hundred foot kaiju of a panda yeah while everyone else turned into human-sized pandas eh. i say human-sized but yeah. you know a big seven panda. or eight feet tall max yeah and you know proportionally big furry <laughs> both furry and girth girth yes yes um 
I suspect that Ming didn't have the whole story because her mother didn't tell her the whole story. Hmm. Yeah. If Ming had transformed into her kaiju form more often, mm-hmm. maybe she would have fallen in love with it the way Mei did. Yeah. But Ming's panda is also a lot more inconvenient than everybody else's panda. True. Because she goes 100 foot. They all go 8 foot. Yeah. So I suspect that uh, Grandma didn't tell Ming the whole story. And Ming could only pass on what she said. Which means throughout most of this movie, Mei Mei is going through, is dealing with bad information. Okay, that makes because sense. Because the entire line of uh, of what they need to know about this thing yeah. is false information. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we also don't know if Grandma had the full story. We also don't know if she was the first one to decide not to have the panda anymore. Mm. We don't know how far back the panda became inconvenient enough that they came up with, they, they found this ritual to seal the panda. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. We don't have all the information. We don't have all that information. Right. But I wonder how far back they've been dealing with this misinformation. Mm-hmm. If they thought, Oh yeah. If you use the panda, it starts getting harder and harder, harder and harder to not to, to, to seal it to the point where it may not go. And they're sitting there going, the reason she can't get rid of the panda isn't because she can't get rid of the panda. It's because she doesn't want to get rid of the panda. The panda is who she is. Yeah. And she's fine with it. The bigger question is, why aren't you fine with your pandas? Mm. Which they don't get into. No, they don't get into. Anyway. Well, there, there, there is, there is one point where the ants are lining up into the portal where you can see like for like, like a second there were like kind of just like a few of them did look like should i keep it yeah no i'll go ahead and give it up i don't i can't deal with that in this age of my life anymore right but yeah anyway what's your third dislike my third dislike is the entire conclusion to our story (laughs) now it does it does clean up too fast it does clean up way too fast like you have the the destruction of the stadium and it's it's stated that the family is paying it off, which also makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Like you're talking about millions and millions of dollars in damages. Mm-hmm. Be like not including the damage prior to getting to the stadium. Yeah, because if you're talking about a hundred foot kaiju red panda is stealthily walking through this town that is not used to a hundred to a hundred foot kaiju. Walking mm-hmm. through it, is she walking on her little furry tippy toes the entire well, time? At the same time, think about it. Ming is a hundred foot tall kaiju who is mad. Do you know how hard that is to miss if you're on the if you're the uh, the the, the uh, traffic reporter for the eleven for the seven o'clock news? Uh, that's gonna be very hard not to miss who might be near the sky dome to talk about all the bad traffic that's going to come out of there as the concert lets out Mm -hmm. so you may want to stay off of whatever road that is Uh uh-huh if you happen to be in town yeah she's they're gonna notice a giant hundred foot tall panda (laughs) they just are yeah so it's like 
if they spot Godzilla, they'll spot you because you are a lot more obvious than Godzilla and is fluffy. because you're red. <laughs> and you you're are fluffy. Not red. You're really more orange. Like they call orange. it red, but it's more of an orangey red. Right. And you are very obvious. It's not like 98 Godzilla where you can go hide in the sewer system for no, for no good reason. True. But it's more of our, our very tidied up ending where it's not be like there's no... Uh, like the biggest consequence our characters have to do is pay for pay for the uh, damages. Yeah, and be like they again exploit like exploitation of their daughter being the panda. I understand it's Still. More, it's 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 attraction based, but you're using your daughter's ability to profit from. So there again, this exploitation. Is, this is the same group at the beginning of the film was trading on their families history to get offerings at their temple yeah and they were very and it was very you could tell it was a very business-like organization oh, yeah very they much. were that was a tourist attraction and oh. they knew it oh yeah very easy they have nothing on trading on their family history oh yeah and now you're trading on your daughter who can turn this big fluffy panda and technically everyone's waiting for you to hulk out also ming yeah <laughs> Because they've seen you, they know who this is. Yes. There needs to, there has to be a sequel at this point where somebody is trying to capture May to uh you know do some sort of scientific experiment. Oh, that'd on be her. hilarious. And Ming has to break the Tamagotchi <laughs> now, but that's a lot harder because it's made of plastic. <laughs> I'm sorry, my little friend. It's like, what? And all of a sudden, down, and break. all of a sudden, hundred foot kaiju panda roams. The the, the 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 north I don't know where Toronto is <laughs> Rome's the Great Lakes area <laughs> I will say I did like the joke where Abby I think it's Abby mm. is Abby the, the the Korean girl yeah yeah Abby says Toledo what's a Toledo <laughs> I thought it anyway anyways but it's just like yeah the, the ending is so very just kind of like like very easily just kind of it's it's very softly put away it's like oh they're just paying for it be like wouldn't that be like you know destruction of property like someone would go to jail or it's like oh no because you're a big fluffy panda we're totally fine with it and the thing is they make it look like they're just paying for it out of the goodness of their own heart. Yeah, exactly. Not that the fact that they are they got sued by the city by, by the city over this and are now having to pay restitutions to yeah. rebuild the Sky Dome, which needs to get rebuilt before the Blue Jays have their first game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, just everything's kind of like just nicely be like it's it's a nice ending. I get it. You want to do that, but you don't want to go so hard with. Be like they're having to pay restitutions, mm -hmm. and the mother is not on jail because of you know good behavior or yeah. something like well, that. I, like we said earlier, this is kind of a kaiju movie, and mm -hmm. a lot of the kaiju movies, especially the Japanese ones, mm -hmm. they normally end like right at the point where they would have been back to normal, and that would have just been the end of the film. Yeah, that whole epilogue would not have happened in a if it was a uh, a classic kaiju film. So I think this is kind of like them trying to. They probably had it originally in there like those yeah. old films did. And then someone at Pixar says, oh, we need at least a little bit more resolution than that. Right. That's a theory. I have no proof of this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that's 
my third dislike is that this this movie is tied up a little too well. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a lot of uh, consequences for what they do. It's just like, oh, we're just donating the money to get it rebuilt. Really? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, exactly. How, what do you, and uh, in the meantime, what are you living off of? Yeah, exactly. Because if you, you want to get that thing paid off as fast as possible, which means you're not eating off of any of those donations. What does Jen do for a living? There's your question. Mm, that is true. But anyway. Yeah. That's another question for another day. So, yeah. What is your third dislike? Here we go. My third dislike is. I don't really know. <laughs> okay. Um. I guess when it comes down to it, there is a line that I don't like. Okay. And I'm not going to get too political. But, oh, okay. But uh, there's a line there in that ending part. Oh, where, yeah. Exactly. Where about she now. says, my panda, my rules. My or, choice. My, my Or my life or yeah. something. Yeah. My panda, my choice. Something to that effect. And it's reminiscent of the my body, my choice thing. Yeah. I think think it was a callback to that but it wasn't exact reference it wasn't meant it was meant to be like a this is an easy line to write sort of a right. thing and you'll know exactly what we're talking about but we're not actually talking about what that is usually a connotation to right and it was like that thing that's like I, i'm for the most part uh, by this even at the you know, we're at the end of the movie yeah up until this point i have been checked in with the film i'm tracking with it mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she says my panda my choice and i'm going Oh, I'm out of the movie. Uh huh. You just pulled me out of you it. Just pulled me out. I'm glad you didn't say something like this an hour ago. Mm-hmm. At least you waited till the very end to pull this nonsense. It's it's not that you can't say have that thought or think this think that. Don't get me wrong. Right. It's the far. It's the simple fact that that is that is a that is based on a phrase that is popular nowadays, uh-huh. especially in the last 10, 15 years, being said in two thousand and two. Yeah. Yeah, that's what threw me out of this. It's like, oh, that's a continuity error. Or uh, what do they call that? Um, I can't think what it's called. Yeah. It, it's it's taking a, cur- a current it's reference. taking a current thing and putting it in the past. Anachronistic. That, and is, that is anachronistic. And you have done so well with keeping without going anachron- anachronistic. Yeah, agreed. The whole film. Cause this was not a straight comedy where they were pulling anachronisms out of their furry behinds right. the whole time. This was like the first time they threw an anachronism in there and I went, Oh, I'm watching a film. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. I totally get it. I totally don't get- pull me out of the film until I see credits. <laughs> That's the thing. Because every time you've got me sitting in that seat, with the movie playing, I am essentially in your care mm-hmm. as for entertainment. You want to keep me watching that screen mm-hmm. the entire time. You don't want me getting bored and looking at my phone or anything of that nature. So when I'm sitting there and all of a sudden you essentially say, you essentially shove this wedge in there because you really couldn't think of a better line to write and put there. Right. That all of a sudden it's like, Okay, I'm out. How much of this movie is left? 
Yeah, a couple of seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's not long. But it's like, you were doing so good, and you derailed at the last second. Mm-hmm. It, in order to take make more like a more current political political point to shove into your movie that is based in the early aughts. Yeah. This would have been just as... Uh, this would have taken me just about out of it as if someone uh, in that had said something to the effect of like, say, like say they had a some British person that happened to be near there and he said something about bow ties being cool. Hey, that's 2010 when Doctor Who said that. True. Because obviously this is not taking place in the Doctor Who universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just having, and I'm not saying it had to be Doctor. It could have been anyone wearing a bow tie. Right. And someone made fun of and they go, hey, bow ties are cool. That's like, I'm out. We've made a Doctor Who reference that's 10 years too early. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. It, it would throw me out just as bad as that would. Yeah. And I know most people are going, oh, it's just a joke. It's just an, an easy cliche that we can spout. You know what we're talking about. It's like, just because it's easy doesn't make it good. That is true. You need you need to uphold the level of quality of your filmmaking all the way to the end. Ideally, all the way to the final logo. Like, granted, I don't know how much you can do in credits, but... Yeah, you need to hold me as far as you can. You don't want to throw me out in the last five seconds. Yeah, agreed. Because throwing me out at the last five seconds, uh, if you okay, if this were a train ride, and I jumped out while the train was still moving, when there was only uh five blocks left of the trip, yeah, that's still pretty bad because I'm still going to get hurt. Yeah, as it would if I'd have jumped out an hour and a half, an hour ago while we were still in the middle of the countryside. Hmm. Granted, one's worse than the other. True, both are still bad, and you yeah. shouldn't do either one. Agreed. Anyway, hmm. yeah, like that exact scene. Be like when that happened, I was like, "Whoa!" Because there again, contextual wise, we're in the early aughts of the two mm-hmm. thousands, and you're talking about something that is more modern. Yeah, it's, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't. I, this this phrase wouldn't have come, come into the lexicon in, until later. In 2002, I was not aware of what was in the lexicon. So I'm not saying that this phrase could not have been going on at the time. Right. But I hadn't heard it. Right. I didn't hear it until like it's the early 2010s. Yeah. So I admittedly could be wrong. Right. I can always be wrong. I make mistakes. Yeah, we all do. I'll admit this. But this was. But when I heard this, I went, okay, we just left the movie. Yeah, <laughs> completely had you disengage. It disengaged me completely. And it may not affect everyone. Yeah. I'll grant you, but it disengaged me at that time. But either way. Yeah. All right. I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Yes. Which means we need to rate this thing. Yes. What are you rating it? Uh, I'm giving it a solid eight. I really enjoyed this film. Uh, it's very well done animation wise, character wise. A lot of the story is very well done. Uh, the fact that they do a, a kaiju story in this is absolutely incredible. Uh, there again, I can thank my good friend and my brother for getting me into kaiju or uh, watching kaiju at least. I was about to say, we didn't get you that far into kaiju. No, because you didn't. I don't think you've gone any farther than Godzilla. Or King Kong versus Godzilla, no. or Godzilla two thousand four, King Kong Skull, Kong Skull Island, 
Godzilla King of the Monsters and then Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Which I just realized actually is a lot of movies. That is a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah. It's just we haven't got you any farther than that. Right. But uh except Chase did make you watch uh Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla once. Oh yeah, that's right. So why anyway, anyways, okay, you've like, watched more kaiju movies than I gave you credit for. My apologies. It's fine. So be like it's 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 refreshing when someone does this for a movie. And I really enjoyed this film. It's highly worth watching. Uh, uh, it's definitely has those, the, the, dy- the family dynamics are very interesting that you would take uh, with the mother daughter, very similar to uh, another Pixar film with brave, um, which will eventually we'll get around to reviewing, mm-hmm. but overall, I really enjoyed this film. What about right. you? I'm giving it an eight. Okay. It's a fun, uh, it's a fun movie. It has a good story Mm -hmm. about, you know, listening to each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the fact that it ends with a giant kaiju battle is just nice. So yeah, I'm giving it an eight. Actually, I did have a hard time coming up with dislikes, believe it or not. Same here. So, uh, we need to talk about our next movie and we are actually continuing kind of this mini monster month that we did not intend to do. Right. But looking at what is coming up, that's kind of what we did. Yeah. <laughs> We're going into how to train your dragon too. Indeed. Next week. So yeah, join us for that. But in the meantime, we need to jump into our uh, review of this week's episodes of Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Very good. Cool. And the masters of the universe. This week we are reviewing the episode, the first episode, Mirror Mirror, directed by Joe O, written by Dave Schiff, and with a guest cast of Gavin Creel voicing mm-hmm. the care, introducing the character of Matthews. Mm-hmm. Uh, the summary for this episode, Rapunzel and her group come to a hospitable old estate, but they look into a mirror. Stra- when they look into a mirror, strange things happen. Mm-hmm. Getting into the trivia for this, the episode expanded further on Rapunzel's mutual antagonism with Uncle Monty. Mm, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Squish. Oh my gosh. Yep, that's her. <laughs> that's her. The title references the Grimm's fairy tale Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. In the original version of which the queen addresses her magic mirror with the words Spliegen, Spliegen an der Wand, ver ich die schonste in Gansenland, which traditionally, if inaccurately translated to mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest one of all? Uh huh. I am surprised I got through that German as that well was as I good. did. That was pretty good. 
Ironically, the 1937 Disney film of this uh, of that story had changed Mirror Mirror though to Magic Mirror. Oh, okay. Ulf, Old Lady Crowley, and Uncle Monty are mentioned during the episode by mm-hmm. Rapunzel and Eugene's evil doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. This is the debut of Matthews. Pascal uses his camouflage ability to show Rapunzel what Old Lady Crowley and Ulf look like. And Eugene's mere doppelganger made a reference to the episode Beyond the Corona Walls in which Lance was bitten by the Baron's pet Kai Spider. Yes. And that was the one that made me laugh. Says, turn into that. uh, Show me those colors that Lance turned into when he got bit by that spider. (laughs) It's like, okay, that's funny. That was funny. And yeah. Pascal is a lot more, uh, uh, you forget how talented he is at that. Yes. Because we haven't seen that since the movie. Yeah. Agreed. So, cause for the most part, we only, we barely see him use his uh, ability, his camouflaging at all throughout it. The only last time, the only time I remember him actually doing it was in King Pascal. Yeah. When he was temporarily this, the color of the rocks. True. But anyway. Yeah. But yeah, what are your thoughts on this episode? All right. So there again, we are in Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure season two, and this is episode 19 and in 18. Uh, so mirror, we're mirror, getting close to the end. We are getting close season to two, two, which I'm very excited to. Uh, so this one was interesting. We, we kind of get back into the we're stuck in a place for a while. And these are very good episodes. This but, is handling it so far, I think, better than the last couple though the other two uh stuck in location for mm-hmm. a while stuff uh because before this of course we had uh was it for what is the name of that first town oh vardero vardero's 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 and then the island yeah uh and those were kind of annoying to some degree in some yes this is a lot better because it's like okay this feels like it's actually there's actually a reason we're here. Yeah. Agreed. So going into this episode, be like, okay, so they, they get, they're invited to, to stay the night at this shell. The hotel. shell station. The shell station. Let's say that. <laughs> shell station. Good point. I just thought of that. <laughs> Good point. Good point. So, and then it's just this whole amazing idea of the doppelganger the 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 uh the character are your your evil counterpart that's your mirror the mirror verse of yourself mm-hmm. and i i love how they play it up with it's like wake up and be like it's shorty and it's um i want to call him bo but his name's not bo lance lance thank you uh and it's like oh okay and then it's just more like oh okay and then it's like okay it's got to be cassandra and Cassandra be like, it turns out, oh, Cassandra. But the one that threw me the last, the one that threw me the most is the one that it makes the most sense that he yeah. would have been the first one to look yeah, at the mirror. Eugene. <laughs> yeah, because he was checking on his smolder. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's just more, it's like, oh, and they, 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 they clue into you. It's like, oh, okay, where's uh, Rapunzel's journal? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, that's clever. The fact that the mirror, the mirror version read her journal to get an adequate ver uh how his mirror universe double read her journal yeah her mirror her mirror universe uh thing didn't get out of the mirror long enough to do anything yeah exactly just 
got stuck with everybody else on the other side yes. of the mirror. But this was a very well done, executed uh, episode that was done very well. And you have uh, there again, you have uh, Rapunzel trying to get her friends out of the mirror. Mm-hmm. And it's just very well done. I really, really, really enjoyed this episode and definitely where you're, you're, you're starting to get to the end of the journey and it's getting very good. And like, this is what I love about the end of season two. And uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy mirror mirror. What about you? So as you can imagine, this reminds me of a classic original Star Trek, the original series episode of the same name. Yeah. In which Kirk Uhura check off. No, not check off. And two others whose names are escaping me at the moment. Scotty bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, bones. And it wasn't, and it was Scotty. It was Scotty. bones and Scotty. Mm-hmm. Uh, those four, uh, get into a transporter accident on their mm-hmm. way, beaming it back up to a planet from an ion storm and suddenly find themselves transported into a evil universe. <laughs> while their counterparts are transported to their universe. Cool. And this is kind of like, and now in, in that episode, we didn't see how they actually caught evil Kirk or her, uh, uh, bones and it's Scotty. Mm. We just see them in the brig at one point when someone asks, uh, what one, 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 uh, probably it's Scotty says, I wonder what our counterparts are getting up to over there. Mm. <laughs> I forgot like how to Scottish accent. <laughs> but anyway. Um we just see them they're already locked up in the brig because it didn't take long to figure it out. Right. And there's a part of me wondering, and, th- and that's, that's the thing. This episode is kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. We are seeing how they figure out that the doppelgangers are the evil doppelgangers instead yeah. of uh trying to figure out how you get out of the evil universe. Yeah. Now, granted, we still get out of, we still get the, how do we get out of the mirror? Not really universe, but yeah. pocket dimension. Yeah. Magic dimension, whatever, whatever that's, but mm-hmm. whatever that actually is. Yeah. Um, we do get that, but admittedly when I, when I first started watching this episode, I knew you said there was an episode coming up where they got stuck in a house. Yeah. I had no idea I th- in my mind when you said that, I thought that was like season three. Mm. did not realize that was the end of the season mm-hmm. so when we first met matthews i thought is this did somehow the kid from boy meets world end up over here <laughs> mr matthews <laughs> but no i i thought oh, this is a kooky thing and yeah it's kind of weird that there's this shell house mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere but you know how much odder than this is the spire true in reality true uh, it gets cooler though. I, know I, I, I understand this. So I, I did not think about Matthews actually being evil other than he was the master of the house. Yeah. And they were running into trouble and somehow Matthews was never there as they were having to deal with these evil doppelgangers mm-hmm. even. And he appears to be the only other person in the house besides them. Yeah. So yeah, there were questions there, but it's like, well, he's just a mysterious guy. Yeah. And I kept that thought until the very end of the episode mm. when you see the axe slaying against oh, the stuff. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. The tree fell in front of the caravan. Yeah. Like and it was went, chopped down on purpose. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. I see what's going on. And I looked up what the next one was. I thought, okay, this is the house Jacob told me about. Mm-hmm. They are going to be here for a little bit. So, yeah, it was. this was actually a fun episode seeing uh, what the quote-unquote evil versions of these characters mm-hmm. are. And a lot of them make sense. It makes sense that Flynn slash Eugene would be the easiest to fit in with himself because he's used to being other people mm-hmm. and he has studied himself more than he studied anybody else. So I can see evil Eugene, uh, being able to pull his normal self off pretty well. Yeah. And pretty quickly. Uh, Lance, well, Cassandra. I mean, I was, she was doing a pretty good job of hiding that she was the doppelganger for a uh-huh. bit until, uh, the very last second when it's like, this has also reminded me of the thing that movie really well think about it you gotta test everyone to see if they're really who they say they are true except they're not going to turn into giant monsters when you uh take a sample of their blood but (laughs) got it got it see i may not watch a lot of horror movies but i know of a lot of horror movies Mm. but um that was interesting lance uh, I mean, they could have hit Lance real quickly. It's like, oh, look, a spider. And he goes, yeah, so what? Uh-huh. That, be like, that's that would have happened. That would have happened. Yeah. He was that unbelievable as Lance. Yeah. But he was still not anywhere as unbelievable as his counterpart. Oh, my. Shorty. Shorty. It's like, it's like apparently granted, you didn't study this character at all. Now, granted, Shorty, we saw him get took. Yeah. So him, you know, keeping him a surprise really wasn't that big a deal true but at the same time it's like wow shorty is so strange that even evil shorty can't pretend to be shorty mm-hmm. he literally took the evil counterpart directly so okay i'll work with that so yeah it was it was a fun episode trying to guess who's the who's who's the bad guys who's the good guys and even there for a short bit i was curious did the real rapunzel escape or did she get thrown in the mirror? True. I kind of knew she had to escape because that was the only way that was going to end. Mm-hmm. Unless Pascal was going to be quickly become like the hero of the story again after King Pascal, which right. is not out of the question. Right. He would pull it off, but they, they'd already done their Pascal episode this season. So... Mm-hmm. I was I didn't think that was where they were going to go. I got you. But anyway, it's not the first time they've gotten out of a scrape like this, considering Freebird. Yeah, Freebird. Agreed. But anyway, uh, next episode, shall we? Yeah. Next episode is You're Kidding Me. Mm-hmm. Directed by Joe O and written by Kelly Hannon. This uh, guest cast includes Gavin Creel returning as Matthews, Cassie Glow as Kid Cassandra, and Blake Moore as Kid Lance. Uh, summary is in search of a way out of the old estate everyone but rapunzel and eugene turn into little children the title of this episode uh, getting into the trivia uh, in the german title of the episode translates to no child's play Mm. Uh, it is revealed during the episode that spinning tops were cassandra's favorite toy when she was Mm -hmm. young cassandra crying out best playtime ever is a nod to rapunzel's line Mm. best day ever 
Entangled. This is also the second time she has made a nod to the line, followed from the from the episode Not in the Mood. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a sad one for you, Jacob, considering your uh, this is one of your favorite shows. But uh, this is the only appearance of any dogs or puppies in the show. Yeah. <laughs> but they are cute puppies. They are cute puppies. <laughs> and I, I hadn't occurred to me. It's like, dude, we haven't even seen wolves. <laughs> not really. No, not really. It's just like. You're right. The only animal we've actually seen has been a gopher. <laughs> well, we've seen gophers. We've seen badger, like badger wolves, which weren't really wolves. No, they're more badger than oh, and bees. We can't forget the bees. bees. That is true. Poor Max. Poor Max. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we, bees. We, my bees. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the bees. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have that in a mug? <laughs> It's been like what ten episodes since we did that. We're still making this joke. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, I still can't believe this is the first time we've actually seen dogs. Yeah, in this episode, that is in, true. In the show, and apparently we'll never see them again. That is sad. We have seen raccoons. We have seen raccoons. We've seen mega raccoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks, Varian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, this this is another good episode. This is where. Uh, there again, we're in this very bizarre house, and like again, Cassandra's favorite toy was a top. It was like, okay, that that's makes sense. It makes sense. I haven't seen a top like that kind though in a long time. Uh huh. The old style top. Yeah. So the most in recent years, the only tops I've seen are Beyblades. That is true. That's core like let it rip. Yeah. <laughs> really, let it rest in peace. peace. Yeah, apparently my little cousin is into Beyblade. Now, granted, he's like seven, I think. Well, that's fair. I mean, yeah. it's a kid's thing. It's a kid thing. It's but just one of the more annoying kid's things out there. Agreed. Yeah, this episode in general is good. You you have this conflict of Eugene and Rapunzel of how children should be raised. And I find it unique that Eugene is the disciplinarian harsh character which mm-hmm. makes sense because rapunzel would be the oh we listen to you and your your thoughts matter and that kind of stuff which are they're both very good yeah. but they have good and we you know the problem is they're uh they're paired up with the wrong kid to re- relate to that that is true because every kid is different very true you can't treat you can't treat every child the exact same right it's it's just it's it's a good episode where there again you get a young Lance who is Ooh, just funny. It was very funny. Both both him and young Cassandra are were the the fun the funniest characters the show has had in a in a while. That is true. And then just uh, Shorty is just Shorty a baby is 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 a baby, and is because uh, I'm sitting there going, why is Shorty a baby? Shouldn't he be like a teenager at this point and then matthew says oh yes the top of whatever it was called of uh, the, the older you are when you trans when when you spin it the younger you become sure he's gonna be night. Really- he must have been ancient yeah he's like maybe like i think 
Eugene says, be like, oh, he's like in his 30s, maybe 70s, maybe 90s. We don't really know. He's old, but it's it's the running gag. It is the very running gag. He is an old character, but it's it's a good episode. It's these two characters trying to come to a compromise. They got to do this one thing. And it's the the very typical. We've got a problem. We've now got to fix it. Mm-hmm. And then the the ending of this episode, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh yes, yes. If I'm remembering correctly. It's like the mirror didn't stop Up them. The top, the top didn't, didn't stop them. But I swear, my lord, I will keep the sun drop in this house forever. forever. And he shuts going, the door. Oh my crap! And I'm thinking. Holy crap, they're actually working this into the story and it's not filler. Exactly. <laughs> because so much of the other times they've been stuck in one place has been filler. I'd be like, oh my gosh, it turns the door is no, like, oh, and it's Terry. Now, Grant, the others are too are like character-driven filler, so right. I will let I let it go for the most right. part. But this is like, wait, this is moving the plot along, and I didn't realize it. <laughs> there are things in the trivia I had to edit out because it was like, oh. Matthews is secretly the uh, the the servant of this character who hasn't officially been an- shown off in the show yet. I say officially because officially. technically he hasn't been in the show yes, already. Yes, yes. We'll get there when we get there. Uh, stupid <laughs> monkey. <laughs> oh, I love that character. But we'll get there when yeah, we we'll get, get there. there. When we, we get, get there. there. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yes. Uh, this is a good episode. It was it fun to watch. Um, I feel sorry for the puppies, but then maybe they'll get better upbringing this time and won't be as mean. <laughs> I say nothing. <laughs> the puppies? I'm not saying anything. This is the only thing the puppies and dogs show up in, according to my trivia. What are yes, you I'm saying me? nothing. <laughs> yeah, poor puppies. Poor, poor puppies. Mm. Anyway, uh, are you ready to zip this thing up? Yes, let's zip this thing up. So next week we're reviewing um, two more episodes. I don't have listed in front of me at the moment, but I can bring that Uh, up. Rapunzel-topia. Rapunzel-topia, I think, is one of them. It is. And then the other one is Lost and Found. Yeah, Lost and Found. There we go. Yeah, so that's what we're doing next week. So join us then. But uh, in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's Photo Bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner.
And remember, that's L with a single L. Want to go run chase? <laughs> so cute and fluffy!